6.30 Chad Afternoons with Jalen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad. 6.30 Chad Afternoons, I'm Jalen Nye. You probably saw this last night that uh, Canada has received its first plane load of Afghan refugees who supported the Canadian military mission in Afghanistan. Now, details of how many arrived or where they'll be resettled haven't been released for security reasons. It is the first of what the government is promising to be a number of flights to bring refugees out of Afghanistan. All of this as the Taliban uh, surges in that country taking control of some districts in the country uh, all of it coming uh, following the withdrawal of American troops now many Afghans who contributed to Canada's mission in Afghanistan have become targets of the Taliban we've been telling you about this for the past number of weeks on this show uh, they include interpreters cooks drivers cleaners construction workers security guards embassy staff as well as their family the first flight my friends is a start but there is still a long way to go. Our next guest is a former Afghan interpreter, political and cultural advisor to the Canadian Armed Forces. He has been working along with many others to get those people who worked with Canadian troops to safety. Asad Sharifi, welcome to 630 Chad in Edmonton. Uh, thank you very much, Jalen, for having me. Hello to you and uh, greetings to your listeners. Assad, give me an idea of what went through your mind when you saw the news last night that that plane, that uh, that Globemaster touched down in Toronto, bringing some of, of, of those folks to safety in Canada. Well, I thought it's about time that they, you know, took some action there because Canada has been pretty dormant. And uh, they have, you know, an obligation to these people because, I mean, wherever the Canadian troops went, whenever the Canadian troops went, these people walked beside them. And I think that was what we owed it to these people to be brought out of Afghanistan at this time. Assad, you were born in Afghanistan. You moved to Canada um, when uh, the war was going on, when Canada was involved. Uh, the country put out a call looking for uh, for interpreters, for those who could help Canadian forces on the ground in Afghanistan. You signed up for, for that work. You were trained and you spent numerous years in Afghanistan along numerous generals. Uh, I know you were there uh, for, for quite a stint with uh, former General uh, John Jonathan Vance, you witnessed, uh, you saw, you were right in the middle of things. Can you give us an idea of some of the work that you did to help Canadian troops in Afghanistan? Well, I mean, we were a cultural bridge, Jalen. Uh, without us, uh, the mis- there would be no understanding between the two sides. So we basically broke, you know, the cultural codes to the Canadian uh, troops. We basically, we did the uh, political we 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 understood the intricacies of the culture which the canadian troops uh, did not so basically we were lucky and this is once in a lifetime uh, you know it was once in a lifetime chance for us to basically uh, show the place where we were born and the place where we had adapted as a, our home and to help and serve both of them it's a very fascinating thing uh, so we basically we did everything where the Canadians went. If we had, you know, I had a lot of meetings with uh, the Afghan elders, where the general, you know, General Vance you mentioned, uh, would go. Or, you know, if we went outside to the locals to talk to the locals, uh, we went to all the meetings we held with uh, local power brokers, uh, everything. So we basically 
um, delegated between uh, the Canadians uh, and the Afghans, uh, so to, to, to bring uh, a kind of harmony, if you will, uh, harmony of uh, efforts uh, to, the, to, the, to, the, to the table. Assad, you um, y you know it wasn't just meetings; it just wasn't bridging uh, those gaps. There was there was a lot going on. It was very dangerous for you as well, wasn't it? Well, absolutely. I, I mean, I, I have been over um, many IEDs. Or, you know, we have been shot at. We have been and um, suicide bombings. And uh, actually, I blew up myself and uh, and the, in the uh, a bomb where. Uh, our uh, good friend and hero uh, Nick Bolger, you know, was uh, died unfortunately, and so I was in that one. And uh, General Vance luckily passed, and we were hit. So a lot of these uh, interpreters in Afghanistan had the similar, uh, you know, uh, occurrences, or m much more worse than us. So what? give us an idea from what you're hearing from your contacts in Kabul, in Kandahar, about what the situation is like for, for those who helped Canada's mission in Afghanistan, who are still there. What are the challenges that they're facing right now, Assad? Well, some of them are very disappointed, to be honest with you, with the Canadian approach, uh, you know, and the second one, the bureaucracy. Uh, and also the Canadian, uh, you know, the obligation that they had because they had to go, it was like a burden of proof was on those people, oh, you bring us your papers and then the Canadians had a small window that those people should apply and, and most of them don't, didn't even know how to apply, where to apply. And also, you know, there is a Kandahar for you. Kandahar, Canada does not have a uh, uh, consulate there. Mm. And how would the Kandahari people come to Kabul? The problem is a lot of those people speak Pashto and only Pashto. Mm. And uh, Kabul is actually a very intimidating place for them to go. They don't know where to go. So yes, the interpreters would go, but the cooks, the cleaners, as you mentioned, mm -hmm. well, all the other people that were working in Kandahar have absolutely no idea. And I think that we have, uh, it, there was actually, a, we call it Baba, there was a cleaner uh, who was working in the PRT. That guy, when he was working with the Canadians, with the Americans, an old man, uh, they shot him. Many of those people have been shot and killed and their family targeted. And I think that Canada has both an obligation and a humanitarian obligation. Uh, Canada is part of the larger international community. I think they should make it easier for these people to come uh, to Canada. So when we take a look at making it easier, what needs to be done, Assad? I believe in Kandahar, which, which we were involved a lot, I think they should put an office there, some kind of call for action that those people should come and bring their applications and then it should be quickly processed and the people taken out, you know, they can have that one right in the airport. I mean, that is, in my opinion, a more direct approach than everybody's, you know, directed and channeled to Kabul. Assad Sharifi joining me this afternoon, a former Afghan interpreter, political and cultural advisor to Canadian Armed Forces troops. He, he worked alongside our military for years in Afghanistan. Assad, when you look at, at um, what has happened over the course of the past, my gosh, 21 years in Afghanistan, we, you know, we... 
We saw the Taliban uh, pushed back. We saw uh, improvements in the country with uh, road work, with uh, kids getting back to school. Uh, then we, we saw, you know, the Canadians leave. We saw the Brits leave. We've seen the Americans leave. And we've seen this resurgent of the Taliban. What goes through your mind? Well, my, it goes to my mind, holy gosh, you know, what we did was all um, uh, went to dust, you know. The international community worked, and I think their efforts were not um, united. Everybody works in their own capacity. In Afghanistan, the, you know, a bunch of, you know, radical Taliban uh, were brought back, and they are threatening the country. And let me tell you something very uh, sinister, Jalen, that uh, the Taliban, these are new Taliban. They are not even the Taliban. They are new Taliban, and they are more uh, lethal uh, they are more ruthless and they are more uh, vengeful. Uh, they are even applying certain methods of, you know, slavery. Like if you work for the government or you work for the Canadian, they think that their wives and their children and their uh, household, everything uh, should be give, taken by them. It's a loot for them, you know. They should have that one as a war bounty. It, it... And these people are very very ruthless. I think that the international community should not leave Afghanistan, as you mentioned, all the progress that we have made uh, to go to nothingness because of a bunch of radical, you know, um, religious Taliban. I don't think Taliban are that strong. I think the international community lost its wits or will, you know. Uh, Taliban, the Afghan people are fighting against them. They are, you know, shouting Allah Akbar on the top of their roofs against the Taliban. But the international community also needs to really unite their efforts and support the Afghan army, the Afghan, you know, uh, special forces, which are dying uh, by the hundreds, and they are fighting bravely and strongly. And I think that Afghans have the capability and the uh, will, to be honest, to fight. This is the first time in the history of Afghanistan that the people have become united against an internal foe who is supported by an external forces. I think Afghans can withstand this, but Afghanistan is a poor country, as everybody else knows, a war-torn country. They need military and they need, you know, um, uh, monetary support. And the United uh, uh, Nations and, the, you know, the, the, the uh, uh, rich countries, I think, should support Afghanistan to... To survive. Uh, Saad Sharifi joining me this afternoon. Asad, I sure appreciate your time and your insight uh, on this as we continue to follow this story. We're talking about, you know, the fact that, um, you know, allies have now left the country and uh, you're, you're, you're saying it seems like, the, you know, the political will is not there anymore. I mean, this um, has been going on for 21, 22 years. Afghanistan has been a war-torn country for um, decades. Do you believe that there can ever be peace in Afghanistan? Well, absolutely. I, I think peace is not brought to people. Peace is indigenous. I believe if the Afghan people are supported, the Afghan people themselves can bring peace uh, when they don't rely uh, you know, on the advice or the, the, power, the outside powers to tell them what to do rather than how to do it. Mm. So if the Afghan people are given support and they are given, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the money and the, and the weapons that they need, Afghan people will build this country. I have 
an absolute uh, uh, trust on them. I, have, I, I, I believe in them. Uh, they will do it. They have done it in the past. They will do it again and again and again. Afghanistan used to be one of the safest countries uh, for Europeans when they came in the 1970s. Uh, people wouldn't even charge them in restaurants saying, you are our guest. Hmm. Afghanistan was a hospitable country. Afghanistan was never like this, you know, in war and radicalized. Actually, the United States radicalized um, uh, Afghanistan. The Omaha Nebraska University printed the books hmm. uh, that radicalized these people. Uh, so basically, I think there should be some shame there. They should basically, re, uh, you know, undo what they have done. And I think Mr. Biden is um, a hurried or hasty choice uh, to take the troops out of Afghanistan was absolutely disastrous. It was inhumane, and I think it was absolutely a slap on the face of every Afghan. So Mr. Biden did not do a good job. Uh, the Afghan people are not happy with it. Uh, but yes, if you are asking me whether Afghan people have the uh, capability or will there be peace, absolutely Afghan people want peace. If 40 years is enough of war and bloodshed and brutality. Before, before I let you go, and I've got about uh, 90 seconds left, Assad, why was it so important for you to help Canadian forces so many years ago? I mean, you, you, you were born in Afghanistan, you, you came to Canada, you didn't have to go back, you didn't have to help Canadian troops, but you did. You said, I I'm going to go do this. Why was, why was that so important to you? I think it was an honorable thing. I think uh, our work uh, saved a lot of lives on both sides, uh, you know, of the spectrum. Uh, we understood, and the Afghan people, it was like Canada is our home, our motherland, our, you know, adopted land. Afghanistan was the place where I was born. They are both very close to my heart. Mm. Anything that happens in Afghanistan bothers me, and anything that happens in Canada that bothers me. I will put my head online for Canada anytime because I have kids that were born in this country mm -hmm. and I am a Canadian and I am uh, willing to basically sacrifice for this this country whenever it's possible and I will do the same for Afghanistan. Assad Sharifi joining me this afternoon it has been a pleasure and an honor to speak with you thank you for your service to this country and let's stay in touch Assad. Uh, thank you very much for having me, and thanks thanks to your listeners for listening to us. We'll talk to you again soon. Thank you for this. Thank Asad Sharifi joining me this afternoon from southern Ontario.